Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, Tuesday edition of the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK, and we're online at stevejonesshow.com, and we also invite you to subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, and Google Play, and we'll hear from Steve in just a moment in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North Forest Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, on the Strip, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can drop us a line anytime. Our email is stevejones at wkok.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle at stevejonespsu. Website stevejonesshow.com. Three months of shows are always there, archived on the podcast page. But when you subscribe through iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, we drop them right to your mobile device after they air live here on WKOK. So you can listen to them anytime, anywhere, no matter what you're doing or where you're going. All right, so we got some football talk this afternoon, quite a bit. We'll mix in some baseball, too, since the winter meetings continue in Las Vegas. I'll be talking Steelers with Neil Kulong from the NFL Wire. See if they can shake off that three-game and hopefully not a four-game losing streak for Pittsburgh fans. As Pittsburgh now moves on to take on the New England Patriots on Sunday from Heinz Field, 425 kick. That'll be live on 100.9 The Valley. And we'll also be talking... Penn State recruiting with Ryan Snyder from Blue White Illustrated, Rivals.com, since we are one week and one day away from early signing day next Wednesday, December 19th for college football across the country. And a peek ahead into tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll have great, it'd be great to have uh, Jerry Dulac back on the show. Uh, Jerry from the Pittsburgh Steelers Radio Network pregame show, which of course on 100.9 The Valley and Steelers beat writer and golf writer as well for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So we'll get Jerry's take on the three-game losing streak tomorrow. Also on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking Penn State, Kentucky, and the Citrus Bowl. We will get the Wildcats perspective uh, with the play-by-play voice of Kentucky football. And also, uh, Bucknell head basketball coach Nathan Davis will be joining us tomorrow afternoon, 435. When to get in touch with Nathan uh, before the team heads to Columbus. They'll be taking on Ohio State on Saturday. That'll be a noon tip live on Eagle 107 with an 1130 a.m. airtime with Doug Birdsong. Oh, by the way, also Thursday we'll have our College Bowl predictions. We'll see if Kevin, the suit her, wins his fifth straight Bowl prediction, uh, bowl prediction crown, and we'll also get uh, the bowl picks from uh, Kevin Jones as he checks in from Connecticut. 
So we do have some Phillies news to share with you. Former Pittsburgh Pirate, San Francisco Giant, and New York Yankee Andrew McCutcheon is coming back to the Keystone State. No, not going back to Pittsburgh, but he's going to be heading to the Philadelphia Phillies, and that according to multiple reports from uh, Matt Gelb from The Athletic and Phillies baseball writer for MLB.com Todd Zalecki. Club officially at this point, as of 3 p.m. Tuesday, not confirmed as of this point. The deal is pending a physical. Three years, $50 million. That number, according to ML, MLB Network, insider John Heyman. And that also includes a club option. McCutcheon is 32. Spent half the season with the Giants, other half with the Yankees last year. Batted 255, 20 homers, and 65 runs batted in. So, Andrew McCutcheon is heading to the Philadelphia Phillies. And I would think that that should not stop uh, the Phillies from continuing to pursue outfielder Bryce Harper and infielder Manny Machado. So we'll see how that continues to shake out in Vegas as the winter meetings continue. Yvonne Nova. And Yvonne Nova goes, leaving goes Pittsburgh. The, yeah, here's my favorite line. We don't know what they got in return. That's what it says in the release. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know what they got. They could, for all we know, they acquired a batting cage. I mean, <laughs> come on. Are you kidding me? Wow. From the Pirates to the White Sox. Yipes. Yet the White Sox are going to spend money. You know that? White Sox are going to spend money. They're going to go into the free agent market. They're actually going to try. Von Nova. In exchange for a bag of balls. Okay. My favorite line I've ever seen. But we don't know what they got in return. <laughs> Something tells me it's not Yoan Mankata. Now, the Phillies have cash to spend. I told you I love the trade that they made. Okay? I thought that was a great trade. The shortstop of that caliber, play the game, can hit. You can move Reese Hoskins from the outfield where he can be a liability. And put him in his natural position first base. Now that works. Now see if they can get Manny Machado. Supposedly, though, the Yankees are more interested in Machado than they are in Bryce Harper. Could be a smokescreen. I don't know. But the Pirates have dealt Ivan Nova to the White Sox in exchange for, quote, I don't know. <laughs> Look how he trades that. All right, now NFL officiating. Oh, my goodness. How bad can it be? Did you see the block field goal by Bobby Wagner last night? Uh, let's see. I could have sworn I saw not one. 
but both of his hands on the backs of two of his players as he was lunging toward the football. Yes, while being praised for his athleticism. What an athlete. Uh, Unless I was seeing things on my 50-inch flat screen. I'm glad uh, I was not the only one. (laughs) Ben Johnson, what an athlete. (laughs) You know what Bobby Wagner's play and Ben Johnson have in common? Okay. It's both called in in their respective sports cheating. <laughs> How do you miss it? How do you miss it? Well, during the, you, uh, during the off season, I, we reeled off a whole bunch of head referees that were that were going to retire. At least what a half a dozen, seven or eight of them, and that was a concern that I had. I'm thinking, wow, there's going to be some. New crews out there, you know, new people that maybe haven't worked with each other for a while. And I think, boy, there may be some growing pains coming up. But, wow, I didn't think it would be this bad. Oh, they missed a, a blatant face mask. And you know, if it's as soon as I'm, I'm watching the play, as soon as I saw it, I'm thinking, that's a face mask. And there'll be no flag. What? No flag on that one. Yeah, Terry I mean, McCauley, Gene Steratore, Ed Hockley. To name a few, yeah. retired over the off season. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's another part of it too. As far as I'm concerned, the Steelers' season turned around for the negative on that play where the Chargers' right tackle is clearly moving before the snap. I counted at Clear. least three. Uh, at least three steps. Yeah, you know, Leonard Skinner's song. Give me three steps. <laughs> Man. Hmm. I mean, it's like what's bothering me, Sean, um, is that it's the obvious easy calls they're missing. The Eagles game, again, no dog in the hunt. As you know, I picked Dallas to win the game. I picked Seattle to win the game, right, on the Friday pick'em segment. I picked both those teams to win. They both won. Okay. But they both got ripped off. They they both got the easy pass. Seattle on the block, and, the, and uh, then there's the face mask play. Then let's take it to the Dallas Eagles game. He fumbles the football, right? And the Eagles recover it. No, we can't really tell. I can tell. He's standing there with the football. Unreal. It really is. Uh, we, uh, they're hurting themselves. Well, you just hope that these ref squads are not going to be getting a lick of postseason work coming up in January. Well, there may be one or two on each crew that go someplace because they use all star guys when it comes to the Super Bowl. That's better to. That's much better to hear. Yes. Uh, the. Phillies have agreed to a multi-year deal with Andrew McCutcheon. Three-year, $45 million deal. This is under the category of, honestly, I don't know. What are you thinking? Okay. He was the MVP five years ago. This year with the Giants and the Yankees, he had 255 with 20 home runs and 65 knocked in in 155 games. Those are not great numbers for 155 games. After the Yankees got him, he had 253 with five home runs and 25 knocked in when they got him on August 31st. 
Look, the guy, when he was with the Pirates, this guy played hard, he worked hard, but over time his skills have deteriorated. So, you know, I mean, it helped them buy time until Aaron Judge was ready. Look, this guy, to his credit, will give you solid competitive at-bats every time. This is the, It's one thing about Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon does work. He is not a dog. Not even close. Okay? And in the leadoff spot last year, he did have an on-base percentage of 414. So he did have an on-base percentage that you like when he's in the leadoff spot. He's a veteran. He wants to play center field. His skill set is not good enough to play center field, to be frank with you. Um, his skill set used to be, but not any longer. It, it's just, Look, time does a number on all of us. I mean, well, with one notable exception. The ageless wonder. Time in no way has remotely hurt the suit. <laughs> the one guy you think is going to beat Mother Nature? Our colleague? I think I believe that our every, guy? Time, every time we turn around, our guy defeats Mother Nature. Every time. <laughs> every single time he just wakes up. Another win. <laughs> he beat the odds. <laughs> Seriously, credit where credit is due. Yes. Mother Nature defeats you every single time, and then you end up with a major upset like this. <laughs> like Leicester City winning the Premier League. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. By the way, the suit tonight in the Chief, we have Shikalemi basketball from Jersey Shore. Oh, I can't wait to hear the Chief. Here on <laughs> right. <laughs> 706 tonight. <laughs> From what suit says uh, the shore without a beach on WKOK. He has insulted those poor people so often during I, the course of his broadcast career. I, I'm worried I mean, when I go through that burrow too. I get I concerned. Mean, oh no, they they love you. That had nothing to do with that. You've always been great, kind. What a great area, great people, great athletes. You've talked about all those things. And then there's Captain Putdown. <laughs> he is, he's gone out there, and it's been bulletin board material ever since he opened his yap. <laughs> By the way, we'll have the basketball tonight on 1070 AM. Steve Williams will be with uh, Shikolami Wrestling tonight. Uh, right. From the Phil Lockoff Gym at State College at Shikolami tonight. We'll have that right. streamed on WKOK.com starting at 7. Santa tonight. Yes, and of course, Santa before the sports. 6 to 7 tonight. Santa. Magic Radio. Yeah, where the youngsters tonight will say into the Magic Radio, Santa, where is Mr. Suit? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you just passed his office as you're walking toward the magic radio room, Billy. <laughs> well, Billy, <laughs> we sent him out to Jersey Shore. <laughs> Where they're waiting for him. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Hey, uh, Chargers and Chiefs coming up on Thursday night. I mean, let's give credit where credit's due to the NFL. I mean, I mean, some of this you went, it, it ends up being part luck, obviously. But at the same time, you know, I mean, in part luck, you still end up getting some really great matchups this year on Thursday Night Football for the most part. And you've been getting great matchups for the most part on Sunday Night Football. Monday still is a problem. That's That's far from perfect. That's far from perfect, obviously. But, hey. Hey, we got a lot going on today, Sean. And tomorrow we have Tom Leach, the play-by-play voice of Kentucky tomorrow. Be great to talk with him. We've got... Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated today. Neil Kulong today. I know you sent me that New York Times piece on the probability of making the playoffs. Sean, I'm not buying. Steelers' numbers were a lot better than I thought they'd be. Well, until you get to the last one. The last one is the realistic one. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So welcome back. We have our I-team investigating exactly what the Pirates got for Ravon Nova. We still can't figure out yet what they got. <laughs> All they know is that the White Sox now have them. That's all we know. Let's see here. White Sox acquire Ivan Nova from Pirates. All right. All right, now we now know. Right-hander Jordi Rosario and international slot money. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That sounds kind of greasy. <laughs> or, am I, uh, or am I missing something? <laughs> Oh. What's the difference between that and cash considerations? Not much. All right. In the Dominican Summer League, 
and the Arizona Fall League. Rosario, who's only 19, why do I sense he's coming to the he's coming to the New York Penn League? I can see him pitching for West Virginia. He had a 2.57 ERA with 70 strikeouts and 14 appearances. Okay. Now, the Pirates also added veteran right-hander Jordan Lyles. All right. Um, Who split last season between the Padres and the Brewers. (laughs) How do you buy a season ticket for this? How do you do it? I just, I don't know. What's your team doing? Well, we're acquiring J.D. Martinez. Okay. Well, okay. I think I might buy some tickets. <laughs> we're going to re-sign Nathan Avaldi. I think I'm going to buy some new season tickets. What are your team doing? Well, we're going to trade Ivan Nova for a 19-year-old that we think has potential but is years away. Phillies, meanwhile, signed Andrew McCutcheon to a three-year deal. Uh, I don't know. Not quite on board with that. Not quite there. But. All right. Let's see. I've got a couple comments on the Facebook page. That's the wrong outfielder from Kyle. What was the other one? We had another one earlier, too. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Kyle said that's the wrong outfielder. And Rich Ed are stupid. They said they were going to spend stupidly. They weren't joking. Pathetic. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. our, our fans are engaging us on the, on the Facebook page, but man, <laughs> they're not exactly uh, not exactly uh, shy about uh, their thoughts. Well, even though they're bringing Kutch in, I, that I just didn't don't think that closes the door on Bryce Harper as of yet. If they're going to oh, go, of course, that route instead of Machado, of course not. Okay, here's here's a really good one. For but you. that's forty five million they could have okay. put toward Bryce. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's a really good one for you. The Big Ten Conference released its Wrestler of the Week, and it's Drew Hughes from Michigan State, 174-pounder. So far this season, the Big Ten has issued six Wrestlers of the Week. (laughs) And not one of them is a Penn State guy. They got a kid from Ohio State, a kid from Nebraska, a kid from Minnesota, kid from Iowa, another kid from Nebraska, another kid from Ohio State. They're co-winners, and a kid from Michigan State. Right? You know what all of those kids have in common? They would all lose to somebody from Penn State. <laughs> all right. The uh, National Letter of Intent Day uh, signing day, early signing period for football comes up. A week from tomorrow, joined by Ryan. So we're going to be joined by Ryan Snyder in the next half hour. And we're going to get to the Steelers disaster. The Steelers disaster. And we bring in the one, the only. We would never trade him for anybody, let alone a batting cage or a bag of balls, like the Pirates did. Neil Kolong. Neil, welcome. The best intro ever. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I read it exactly the way you wrote it. I corrected one word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, that was a disaster. Uh, Roethlisberger's out. They can't do anything. Is it really that simple? It it certainly seemed like it. Um, 
I think, it, to, to be fair, and we've said this just way too many times over the last five years, and I think this, uh, this particular era of Steelers football will end up being defined as what the front office didn't do uh, to surround Ben Roethlisberger with the, the amount of talent that he would need to win another championship. In my opinion, it's more everything they tried never clicked together at the exact same time. Right. And this season, yet again, uh, what the the real storyline in my mind is the fact that this team has no depth at running back again, and they've they've spent uh, I don't know how many times over what they've spent probably in the last decade on running backs. Uh, they don't have it. Uh, they're not going to get it anytime soon. Uh, whether James Conner will play uh, this upcoming week or not is beside the point. With him not on the field against Oakland, Oakland had little to no problem with figuring out what Pittsburgh was going to do with every single snap of the ball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come down to timeouts. It doesn't come down to who didn't come out of the locker room. Pittsburgh had as one-dimensional an offense as they're ever going to have, and the numbers bear that out. They had no problem kind of you know for for the most part letting Juju Smith-Schuster be the the main weapon that they would use and he's mostly productive on a hook and ladder play at the end of the game which is probably the best offensive play the Steelers have run the last couple weeks um otherwise the the Steelers had no continuity they they weren't able to run the ball at all and the the best example of that is the the fourth and one play that they call which uh the 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 quick throw out to Vance McDonald off of play action that play fails maybe once out of 40 or something. Right. Um, the fact that it didn't is because the outside linebacker didn't need to worry about the play action at all. He just watched the tight end and knew he was going out and was able to, to jump right on him. So it, it's uh, it really just it, uh, it, kind of the same old story yet again in Pittsburgh, and, and uh, they're, they're beyond in trouble now. In my opinion, they're really on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think they are as well. I mean, in fairness to the Steelers, they drafted Connor to be that that guy. The problem has been the Le'Veon Bell thing. That's where the depth came in. Yeah, and in my opinion, that's exactly where the error is. I mean, yeah. they, they uh, really they they called uh, they they tried to call what they thought was a bluff from Le'Veon Bell, and it turns out that he didn't play the whole year. There there is no other way right. uh, to construe that situation. They did not expect Bell to sit out, and you're right. They they did draft Connor to be a backup running back. Um, just like 2015, they had to go with a backup running back uh, for half the season and into the playoffs. 2016, they had to go with a backup running back for three quarters of the AFC Championship game. And now they're going to have to find a backup's backup quarter, backup running back. I mean, you don't know why I'm saying quarterback. Uh, a backup's backup running back uh, to play uh, three games that they absolutely have to win. Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I can't find, I looked, believe me, I, I did not find a two game stretch that on the surface before they happened looked less winnable than these two games the Steelers have in front of them. Yeah, and by the time they get to a game that they can win, the season's going to be over. I agree. You know, what was interesting about your Bell statement, though, was that the other ones were self-inflicted. Uh, Bell, Bell's the one that was either hurt or got suspended or held out for a period of whatever. You know, those were all him. This time, you know, you, you, people could blame the the organization. They could blame him, whatever. But the other ones were all Le'Veon Bell's. Yeah, he, he certainly got used to the idea of not being around. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, uh, yeah very good. It, it, it's it, it, if you if you take away uh, the exact happenings of, of uh, whatever the situation is with Bell, you're exactly right. It, it's plain and simple. He's not there. He hasn't been there uh, often. Um, in his tenure with the team. When he has been there, um, he's been phenomenal. I mean, 2016, uh, that season, especially over the last eight games, in my opinion, um, he did just as much, if not more, as Todd Gurley did last season. 
Um, and Gurley ended up Offensive Player of the Year. I thought Bell should have been uh, at least mentioned in that conversation, and he never was. But uh, that team went as far as Bell was going to take them. And as we saw come the AFC Championship game, when we're seeing something called Kobe Hamilton getting six, seven <laughs> targets down the field <laughs> without Le'Veon Bell in there, it, it destroyed their entire offense. Yes, the house of cards completely fell apart. Yeah. They had no depth. The big part of the reason why the team went out and drafted a, a running back in the third round, two receivers in the second round, they had no depth offensively. Right. And um, they, they, somehow or other, they, they've managed to find themselves in the exact same position now. Um, and the, deep, the the offensive side of the ball is the good side. I yes, mean, we haven't I mean, even touched on that part yet. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's uh, you know, it, it, I said this. I believe we've talked about this before, and I'm not trying to be the "I told you so" guy or anything. But I, I thought about nine and seven this season. I really did, mm-hmm. and mostly because the manner in which they won several of their games last season are not uh, things that you can replicate. You know, and, and people want to credit Ben Roethlisberger for late game heroics and everything, and that's fine if you're looking at the box score. But you had so many situations in which Antonio Brown played so far above and beyond even his yeah. ability, making four guys miss to gain 50 yards with you know 40 seconds left in the game to set up a long field goal. Now they're not making those plays. They're not making guys miss. They know how to cover Antonio Brown, bracket him, and make him not productive. And even if they do, they can't hit the field goal. They slip on the turf or something to that effect, and. That that's that's in many ways that's the difference between uh, nine and seven and, and thirteen and three. And I, I think the Steelers are really just kind of regressing to the mean here, and they're they're not as talented a team as a lot of people thought they were. Well, and I always have a deal about, and this quarterback has twenty two fourth quarter comebacks. I would like to examine the other three quarters. That way we know if the quarterbacks were actually one of the reasons why you got there. <laughs> so, they, yeah, never, they never talk about that part. That's uh, a fair question. Ask, ask Derek Carr. I mean, how, how well did he really play? I mean, is it, yeah. Did he make a, a huge impact on that game? No, but he's going to get credit with the fourth quarter comeback. I mean, it was sure. really one big play, a couple penalties, and in, in typical fashion, and this is what we've seen from the Steelers in three close losses now in a row, um, teams at the end of games are simply spreading out all of their skill position players, and it, it's it's crushing the Steelers' pass rush, and it's putting all yep. of the pressure onto a unit that isn't deep enough to go against uh, the you know the, the offensive packages that teams are putting on the field against them late. It's almost like they're saving it, knowing that they're going to be able to pull away in the fourth because their defense can't cover anybody. All right. Uh defensively it's the same old story back there. Now they give up a lot of points but it's when they gave it up. Are you seeing anything? Is there anything that he can do schematically to change life or this personnel is limited and this is all they can do? I, I honestly, I, I think it's a lack of personnel. They, they are probably one if not two players shy of what they need to do but I don't think going into the season, and this is for everybody who says that they, they should have spent more money in free agency, I don't think anybody um, anybody reasonably minded, not the, the complete anti-stealer types, but the reasonably minded fan would look at the team and think, okay, well Artie Burns isn't the greatest, but we don't expect him to, to you know, pull a Cortez Allen and completely fall off the cliff in his in his second year. That that's what we're or his third year. That that's what we're seeing right now. And they're one defensive back short. 
They you know, all the talk about you know covering receivers, linebackers. They're not doing that in man. Those are zone coverages, but they can't put another defensive back on the field because that defensive back is already burned. Or it's Brian Allen, and and people talk about well, can Brian Allen be all that bad? Yeah, he probably can. If if the first round pick can't play in the NFL, why would the fifth round guy who was drafted to play special teams be able to do it? It doesn't make any sense. They know what they have with Allen. It, it's not something that they can do with the game on the line. And in that regard, in a short mm-hmm. field, yeah, it it does make sense. The Steelers then have to use an inside linebacker to cover that that middle right. zone. Uh, one because they do it a lot, uh, and two. They don't have a package that can go against what teams are, are throwing against them because they don't have the personnel for it. So really, this is another offseason where you can honestly expect them to draft another back seven defensive player in the first round, get them on the field way early, and, and really hope that they can grow uh, as the season goes on. But you know, I, I, I think they've uh, they fired a few bullets from that gun, and I, I can't imagine they like the results all that much. So where they are now, um, I, I think you're going to see it into next year as well. I'm not sure how much more uh, improvement their defense is going to get unless somehow a, a premium player uh, comes into free agency. But you know what? I, I can promise you now the best player in free agency is going to be Le'Veon Bell, and they've, yeah. they've gone down that route before. Right. Uh, I would like it pointed out to the audience that I never once brought up the name of Artie Burns. <laughs> this time through. I just want to point that out very quickly. All right, Neil. Now they're going to hit this stage of the season here. New England the Saints, then the Bengals. There is no way on the planet they are favored in the next two games they play. At all. At all. I mean, I've already looked at New York Times doing playoff predictors. If they lose both these games, their chances of getting in fall into the 36% range, it says, for the division and 4% for the wild card. I say they lose the next two. They have no chance. Yeah, even 36 to the stretch. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I, I saw the opening line of um, Patriots at Steelers as uh, Patriots minus one. I was like, man, if I had money, <laughs> I'm rolling in that. You've got to be kidding me. Um, ben Roethlisberger is injured, or maybe he's not. I don't know. The x-ray hasn't come back, or maybe it has. But wow. they're not beating New England, their, their current state of affairs. I don't care uh, how healthy James Conner is. He's not going to be 100% that quickly after that type of injury. He's just not. Um, I, I, we've seen plenty of times what's happened when the Steelers haven't had a running game against the Patriots. Their defense is going to pick them apart. I know that it isn't overly talented, but if you don't have the depth to challenge a defense in terms of their sub-packages today, you're right. not going to be able to do much. And that's exactly what the Steelers are going to get. And then from there, are you asking a defense to hold Tom Brady to, to you know 14 points? That's not going to happen, to put it mildly. So no chance in that one. And then you have the hard game. Okay, yeah. beating New Orleans in New Orleans is infinitely harder than beating New England at home. Okay, yeah. you're not beating New Orleans in New Orleans. It's just not going to happen. So, it, it, you know, I I don't know exactly what anyone would put the odds on the Steelers winning the next two games, but I promise you, it's going to be lower than what the even even the the opening odds are going to suggest that they are. Um, with that, too, Baltimore has to to they, right. they've got two junk teams and the Chargers. The only hope the Steelers have is to win two of the next three games, right. which means you've got to beat Cincinnati in Week 17 and figure out a way to steal a win from either the Patriots or the Saints, and you have to guarantee the Chargers are going to beat the Ravens. Um, and then, you know, if, if they don't, if they do, then 
you might have a shot winning by a half game, uh, you know, go into the playoffs and figure it out from there, but you're probably hosting the same Chargers again. And um, it, your your options as far as the wild card goes are pretty much gone. I mean, that, that that's just not going to happen. I think the AFC North is, is the weakest division in football now. Um, I, I don't see the Ravens losing um, any of the next three games. In fact, I, they're, they're playing at a real high level right now. Um, Things just didn't go their way against the the Chiefs on Sunday. There's no reason why they shouldn't have won that game. They should have all the confidence in the world. And you know, people talk about the 2005 Steelers, how they fell to seven and five and then ran the table. You know, if, if anybody has that ability right now, it's the Ravens. I'd say uh, simply because they they just stood toe to toe with the best team in football, and uh, they they should have won the game. You know, a lot of weird things happened to them down the stretch, but they should have won that game. Neil, there's one guy in Penn Hills who believes they'll sweep. All right, so <laughs> he's holding up in a cabin right now writing a manifesto, but there's one guy. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have TV access. <laughs> at, at, at all. I listen to some of the games. All right. Always appreciate you very much, Neil. Talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll talk to you. Neil Kulong, USA Today. Next half hour, Ryan Snyder on football recruiting as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us. Let's see now. I'm trying to think there are any incredible revelations from the NBA today. I mean, the big one, of course, yesterday was that the earth was flat. (laughs) Did you see that? Ah. Is that the conversation that Kyrie Irving and uh, LeBron had last no. night? <laughs> no, it was it had to, it was Steph Curry. Oh. Uh, I now I have no idea if somebody just asked him the question and he answered it. Oh, well. The NBA is in an interesting spot right now. The ratings. Oh, here's one for you. I got to bring this one up. 
For the first time in its existence, ESPN2 was not number two among cable sports networks. ESPN2 fell to fourth. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.